Welcome to episode 76. God bless America. That is, This is the American episode now. 1776, episode 76. How does Hell an yeah. Orphan bastard, son of a whore and <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. We got sued by Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's a bunch of fees we have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> More like Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Alexander, yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, we are here today with a very, <laughs> a very last-minute guest, as to Spade Slick. Hi, I'm Spade Slick. I am uh, emergency backup Taru. Yep. So uh, it, it, it's nice to know where I stand on the zoo rankings. You know. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah, I was originally going to have Taro on this week, but uh, if you follow them on Twitter, you will know that they are presently sick and thus they cannot record. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I, I literally messaged Spade here like a, a few hours ago. <laughs> happy, happy to come on. It's, it's always a pleasure to come on this show. Yeah. Well, thank you for being willing to be on. <laughs> now. Oh, we do actually have somewhat of a topic planned out this time. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, the 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 episode in which we have the least amount of time to prep, we actually prepped something. <laughs> so go for it. Take it away. What's the topic? All right, we were wanting to talk about how to historical and mythological zoos. Ooh, ooh, I love that topic. Yeah, it's almost like you came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you 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 can you can feel you, you just just feel the, the professionalism, can't you? Yes, it's just oozes, oozing oozes. out. It's it's all it's all because of your it's all because of your accent. That's all the sophistication we're getting. Ah, uh, well, it, it it's 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 something I I, I aspire to try to be uh, as as professional and as well together as I can possibly sound without actually being it. <laughs> so do you, so have you taken like lessons to sound more posh or <laughs> um i i haven't i mean I, I i'm i'm from originally wales but uh i've I sort of lost a bit of that brogue the, the, the valley's accent uh over yeah. time um which, which is Sometimes it's a bit of a shame because yeah. it's it's something which you know it's it, it's part of heritage it's, it's part of part of home you know yeah um, but on the other hand it is great when I can just sort of approach more multicultural listeners who see the English accent as being rather posh and well together and be like wonderful cool easy mode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I can't believe I've already gotten off topic and we haven't even started the fucking topic. But oh, speaking about Wales, <laughs> oh no, 
<laughs> so, um, uh, I believe you mentioned it for the episode, so let's talk about it here. You were hoping at one point to do an article on this for Zooey.pub, weren't you? Uh, yes, uh, more, in more, in more, more specifically, uh, Taro was really hoping I'd make this article <laughs> because they, they very much want more people writing for, 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 for those listening um, who may not know Taro personally, they're very... They're very good at, if you mention even the slightest hint of wanting to write an article for Zuri.pub, Taro will send you uh, a message every week for the next three months going, so, about that article. <laughs> yeah. And if you mention any, like, semi, some topic you're semi-interested in, they are going to immediately say, like, you know, you know, you could, you could write an article about that. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are quite wonderful like that um yeah. so what was your like, like what drove you to want to write that article then like, what, what, what was it generally going to be about it was it was well initially it was going to be kind of like an essay type thing going over her like different and uh histor historical figures who are rumored to have uh zoophilic relations the main issue with it is just that so many of them are just rumors and that <laughs> there is so little evidence for most of it. I mean, that that, that at least gives uh, an idea. The fact that there's so little and so, so much of it is rumors shows that Zufili has always been taboo. Yeah. Well, not always. It's like there were the ancient Greeks, but you know, there's less reports of well, that because it wasn't. It was less significant. Well, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much of this is true. This is something I have read online, so you know, take it with uh, the entire salt shaker. Um, as I understand it, tell me if I'm wrong here. Ancient Greeks have a lot of their mythology being zoophilic. Mm. You know, Zeus coming yeah. down later in the swan, um, Persephone in the ball with Persephone or someone else? I don't know. <laughs> um, someone was very lucky with a ball, put it that way. Um, <laughs> but a lot of these stories, as with a lot of mythology at the time, were cautionary tales. These, these tales were meant to uh, essentially talk about something bad that the people were doing. The, the, the mythology, the, the zoophilia was there, but it wasn't presented as a uh, this is fine, this is normal, this is good context. It was, if anything, a this is a metaphor to show something bad happening. Hmm. Uh, that's what I've heard. Is that, uh, is that wrong at all? I, I, I don't know enough about Greek mythology, but what I was more referring to was like... like I. Again, I, I I don't have any direct source to back it up, but like there was an episode of Zoot where they were talking about talking about a topic fairly similar to this, where it was you know a zoophilia related to religion, and they were talking okay. about how there was like some temple somewhere where basically if you if you were just extremely lustful or something, you, you were basically just pre prescribed to fuck a goat until you felt until you fainted. <laughs> or uh, where was this? Somewhere in Greece, <laughs> uh, cool. and it was and it was uh, I a, mean, sort of zoot. I have no other evidence to back it up. 
All right, and we're back. Sorry, I had to pause there. I need to book a holiday for no particular reason. But wait, um, it, it was a pause of less than a second. Why did you announce it? I didn't even pause. I didn't even pause the recording. Shush, shush. They don't know that unless you say it. Um, uh, that is that, that is really interesting. Um, I'd, I'd love to read more about that. So uh, as I. Have to find that episode of Zoot to to see it. Yeah, I, th- I think it was, it was just like Zootphilia and religion or something like that. Okay. But uh, for for some actual historical figures that I I rem- at least that I can remember that were potential zoos, we had uh, uh, what was her name, Catherine the Great of Russia, who mm. is rumored to have affairs with her horses. But of what course I, that but of course yeah. that is rumors and there's not much else to it. It was uh, likely just spread by her political opponents. They, that 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 is that is one of those tricky moments where you hear it and then you hear a thing of oh but that was probably a rumor spread to make her like you know, to discredit her to, yeah. to to offend her. And like us zoos just sit there like damn it. Yeah. You know Kind of still want to believe it, but not for the yeah. reasons that they wanted me to believe it. Another another one was uh, my personal favorite ancient Greek philosopher, Diogenes the Cynic. Okay, so I haven't about Diogenes here. Go on. <laughs> did, 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 did he did he fuck the the man? No, no, no. <laughs> he didn't. He did not. He did not. Not. Uh... He did not canoodle the featherless biped, <laughs> but the uh, but uh, that sounds like a like a reverse euphemism. Anyway, I'm off to uh, canoodle the featherless biped, as it were. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so much worse. <laughs> but anyway, hey, no, no, no. He lived in a barrel in the middle of a town, you know. Oh, and you know, I, I, listen, how, how of... prices are awful. We all get it. <laughs> But he spent a lot of time with like this, the stray dogs of the town. Like even if you look at his statue oh. today, he has a dog at his at his side. Right there, now we don't have actual reports of him, you know, actually laying with any animals. I don't think, but he did. Well, there's, spend there's, there's a always space significant... in the barrel to lay down, so you know. Yeah, yeah, but there, there, he was very, very much spending a lot of time around dogs. <laughs> Okay, so how? Why do you connect that to Zophilia, though? I, I mean, it was just—it's like—it's kind of a rumor that spread from the from the fact he spent so much time around dogs. Oh right, okay, okay right, right. Okay, so yeah. it was he was spending around time around it, and so rumors were spread around it. Yeah. Uh, while you don't know if that's true, you're still like, ah. Uh? What, and also, thing? it's and also it's Diogenes. He did not give a fuck, and I th- and thus, if any of the Greek philosophers did, I would not be surprised if it was him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's fair. Big big zooey vibes from Diogenes there. Yeah, <laughs> fucking love Diogenes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I th- th- these are stories I I'd love to follow up with. Uh, that, that sounds great. Do, do you know do you know the story of Diogenes meeting Alexander the Great? Ah, yes, I do know this. Please, please tell us again. I, I want to hear it from you. All right, so Alexander the Great, upon arriving in the city where Diogenes lived, have you know he 
you know, he greeted Diogenes. He respe- he respected the man. And, you know, he didn't follow the same philosophy, of course, being, you know, Alexander the Great, conqueror of the known world at the time. <laughs> thus, mm-hmm. thus, you know, uh, someone who is anti-materialist and very minimalist is the exact <laughs> opposite. But, you know, he had a good deal of respect for Diogenes. And, you know, so, so he... He meets him and he asks him, "Like, is there anything I can do for you? I I own the I own the world, basically. Hey, I I can get you anything from my vast empire. What do you want?" And Diogenes says, "Move! You're blocking the sun." <laughs> that is that is that is wonderful. Yes, and also. I, my my second favorite story of him is the, is his uh is what he wanted his to be have done with his body when he died. Oh, I didn't know this one. All right, so uh, he told people that after he died, he simply wanted them to throw his body outside of the city walls, walls to you know for the wolves, basically. Okay. But, you know, they, but the people of the city thought this was utterly barbaric. So he responded and he responded with, okay, fine. Give my body a stick to fight off the wolves. <laughs> okay. First of all, hot. <laughs> what? I, I, I remember once uh, talking with friends, you know, saying, you know, if, if you had to choose like a method, you'd die, what you choose, you know, normal conversation. Which was one of these yeah. topics that came up. Um. And I, I remember mentioning something on the lines of, you know, if I had to die one way, probably like falling from a great height. I, I like to think that in the in the 10 seconds between falling, hitting the ground, I'd be like, I'd be able to come to terms with it and be like, well, you know what? At least I've got a good view. Yeah. At least it's, you know, it's a drill. Yeah, I feel thing. like I'm flying first. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this kind of sucks, but might as well make the most of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I said that, and then my friend across from me just said, just paused, and I stared off into space for a bit, then probably uh, fucked and ripped apart by a pack of wild wolves. <laughs> and I just stood there and went, okay, sure, that one, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That had the air of like I had the other being like ah, you know how 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 many points did you get in this game? Like I got about five hundred. And she just came back with like fifty thousand. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I I will admit the 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 better animal fucker won. That one. <laughs> so so they were uh, the, you did know them to be a zoo at that point. Uh, no, actually. Oh, I... <laughs> did you find out that, that they were? <laughs> okay, okay. A little story about this person. Um, I last time we were talking, uh, last time I was on this um episode on this podcast, I remember talking about like uh, how you know people are zoos, right? Yeah, <laughs> and about how there is that sort of play of you know, are they, aren't they, and you sort of like you probe sometimes, and then they ask questions back, and you're wondering if they're probing too. Um, this particular person uh, was someone who I was thinking about for a while. And, you know, the, the way they'd say things and the, and the things they'd talk about, you might, I'm like, okay, okay. 
anyway, it gets down to uh, a conversation that I'm, I'm just I'm playing a game. Um, streaming it to a few friends and she jumps on and we're just chatting it's about three of us and there's this there's this gif of a dog licking yeah. a donut that was sent in the chat recently oh, I, know, I know the exact fucking gif you're talking about. you know what i feel like i might have told this story in the previous episode you know i'll, I'll finish it quickly just in case no I, d- I don't think you did i just know that i just know the gif from mm. somewhere else um anyway it was sent in the chat and i I, I mentioned just like, oh, I've I've got a I've got a few people that I need to send this to, and she is like, Spade, j- j- you're on you're on friends here. You can just say zoo files, <laughs> and you know, big thing. And then we, we could have mentioned this chat just sort of like because uh, the the other person in the chat I, I did know to be a zoo at this point. Yeah, and so we mentioned, and and she says like, well, you know, if if ever I had the the chance, you know, maybe, maybe if 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 I was sure that everything was okay and they consent, you know, the, the usual sort of like slow steps you take to slightly yeah. coming out, you know, maybe maybe I would. Anyway, we sort of like talk, sort of you know, very nicely on subject and very calmly for a while. Eventually, she goes off doing something. She leaves the call. Yeah, she leaves the call. I immediately turn to the other person here. I'm like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew. She, I knew she was. <laughs> it was great. Um, but anyway, we, we we've gone a bit off topic here. Uh, let let's yeah. head back to. Um, uh, were there any other historical zoos that you know of? Uh, who who else was there? I was going to talk about. Oh, so I sorry, I hit my microphone there. I don't know if you Ooh. heard it. <laughs> But um, okay, um, God, who else was there? I knew there was a few. Oh yeah, <laughs> this one isn't as historical. However, I feel like there's actually a little more evidence of this one. Oh, go however, for it. however, it could also be taken as slander. So I wasn't under initial. I wasn't actually going to include it if I had written it. Um, it, Steve Irwin. Ooh. <laughs> Like he okay. Th- there is a recorded uh, legal story. legal legal disclaimer that nothing on this podcast is is to be taken as uh, accusations. Yeah, uh, the, we, we, we are we, theor- theorizing we, and are and do not in any way intend to harm the image of Steve Irwin. Yeah, um, uh, or or improve. Um, Steve Irwin <laughs> being uh, a you know great great figure. I've heard nothing bad about Steve Irwin. Yeah. I'm, uh, we, we, we love him very much. Uh, yes. if, if his family God is listening, um, uh, hi, uh, I guess. If his family is listening, I feel like they aren't going to be taking much issue with it. <laughs> uh, th- with that in mind, please go on. Uh, tell us about and, uh, Steve Irwin. All right. So as, as we all know, you know, he was, he absolutely fucking loved animals. I was like, Same. so so I feel like at the very least that already puts him as like platonic zoo, if nothing else. But interesting way to state it, but go ahead, yes. But but uh, there is an actual story story that you know an actual like confirmed story of like how he of how he met his his wife. Go ahead. Um, upon meeting meeting her, he asked her, "Would you like to meet my girlfriend?" 
and then, you know she was kind of disappointed because she was already kind of interested but mm-hmm. she said uh, yeah sure and then he br- then he brings her to meet his dog oh now to a nanzu that just sounds like a cute thing <laughs> to us this sounds like oh girlfriend <laughs> Oh, oh, that 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 tricky, that tricky place of like, are they just joking and being cutesy, or are they, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, this is this is more evidence than I've had for for either the other two historical figures. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> uh, it it is it is very unfortunate that a lot of uh, evidence just would have to, by its very nature, be uh hidden yeah um but do you know where there is evidence where is that so it is a certain cave i can't remember where it was in uh (laughs) the cave painting ah the cave painting um i have to go look it up um but i wouldn't dare to do it now because that is a really bad audio yeah but Um, you see i'm not aki so (laughs) Um, there is a cave in the Alps, and on this cave there are hundreds of cave paintings. It's been a active site from the Iron Age to the Middle Ages, I believe. Um, and so really fascinating historical site. Like I, I, I love, I love uh, hearing about things like this. Yeah. Um, and there are actually a couple of instances of bestiality being shown in these cave paintings uh there is one where there's a guy fucking what appears to be a mule um and seemingly very happy about it yeah Yeah. Uh, doesn't he have like one hand up yeah yeah he does does, like (laughs) like, like, one hand on the mule your hand just like woo (laughs) uh ride him indeed um and he he enjoyed his mount Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, another one of a presumably kind of a female figure uh, being eaten out by a dog. And mm. I I love I love this cave painting for what it possibly means. Yeah. Um. That that's the kind of cave painting which makes me sit back and really think about it because like stories and mythology they are widespread they are meant. They are, are created to have meaning. Yeah. They are created to be lessons or created to be entertaining. Yeah. Um, but cave paintings, those are made for entertainment. <laughs> that, that, people were just expressing themselves with not yeah. much else to do. And like, here's like, I'm, I, I'm going to fully say, like, when I say this is evidence, this is not like, this is not a smoking gun. This could have been one person with, you know, a sharp stone who wanted to express some things. You know, maybe they were that day's equivalent of a furry or even, you know, that day's equivalent of a zoophile who, while they didn't do anything in real life, just wanted to express stuff on, on the on the cave wall, you know? Yeah. That's, that could be all it is. But then again, with all that we see of cave art being representations of daily life, uh, well, not all of it is, a lot of it is, yeah, it makes me think. It makes me wonder. Yeah, could, could could this have been a representation of 
an actual event. Uh, especially the one with the dog, it's it's not like uh, by itself. It seems to be surrounded by what to my eyes looks like some kind of celebration. Like there's uh, like right next to this, there are two people like lying on top of each other, sort of spread eagled in a way that looks like they're having sex as well. There are people yeah. dancing around the campfire. It it looks like a hell of a night, to be honest. Yeah. And I love this. I love this idea of just this carefree orgy of a celebration where people just enjoy themselves. And part of that enjoying themselves is some people are just there getting eaten out by the dogs, yeah. the, the hunting dogs that they use. That kind yeah. of, it, it sounds like such a beautiful, idyllic moment. And one that really speaks to me, you know? Yeah. And also, like, so, something that adds credit to it be, being potentially a real event is neither of those depict an animal that wouldn't be, you know, easily accessible for them. It's not like this is it's not like showing like a deer or something that they wouldn't be able to, you know, really do that with because deer will run away. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> or or something, you know, that like just throwing it out there, like dogs can stick their noses in things that places seem yeah. interesting if if you live in a cave if if that is the sort of society that you live in and you have a dog i'm just going to say i imagine a significant percentage of such people uh might have had a couple of experiences once or yeah. twice in their life you know and it's quite feasible to, that you know they they had like a mule or something you know just yeah. for you know transportating yeah. trade and stuff. Yeah, um, and bonds with animals being so important back then. It's uh, little. It's, it's called animal husbandry for a reason. <laughs> love that term. Uh, so on. So that, that that is like one of the the biggest ones that really jumps out at me as. Uh, historical moment which shows that but yeah uh the, the other main thing which i think about was um uh going back to the mythology angle so go back to what you're talking about with ancient greece and with that i want to point you to a not very well known the the gokturk foundation myth the what the the, the gokturk foundation God. myth so, so they were one of the um they, they, they were a turkic tribe uh so anatolian um middle eastern tribe yeah um sort of that, that general region of the world yeah. uh i am well, i'm fairly well, certain expert. the original turks were like step a step people yeah yeah like i i am not um, an ethnobiologist, I don't know the full uh, ethnicity and histories of the um, of, 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 of that region yeah. of the world. I just really yeah. love Byzantian history, and <laughs> yeah. my, uh, my extent of knowledge about it is that, is if I remember correctly, you know, yeah, the Turks were a steppe people, but after the Mongol invasions, they got pushed to the we to the uh, west. Hmm. Where they came into conflict with the Byzantines and eventually set up their own kingdoms. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Gokturk Foundation myth in question is talking about a she-wolf named Asina. Now this myth states that a a boy 
was a sole survivor of a raid on a village. And he was found by a grey wolf. The grey wolf uh, took him in and nursed him back to health. Uh, the boy suckled on these wolf, uh, the wolf's teats um, to gain his strength back and to, to survive over the years. With allusions here to uh, the Romulus and Remus myth, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to so, mention, this is fa- this is sounding in reminiscent of the founding of Rome. <laughs> yeah. And like that in love itself, that's like a, ooh, yes, you know, very nice. Um, we all we all want to bury our face on a on a she wolf's uh, belly, don't we? Real. Um, and so, okay. if if that's as far as it went, that would be a pleasant story, but not necessarily noteworthy in the grand scheme of zoophilia history. Until you reach the next part, where the boy then, when he grew up, impregnated the she wolf to have ten children. And all of a sudden, it goes from a two and a half on the zoophilia scale right up to a motherfucking ten. Yes. And also slight incest. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And, you know, not going to... Kinks are wonderful, aren't they? And this is one of those that, like the greek myths i am not seeing this as evidence of zoophilia not in and of itself um it feels like you could interpret this uh in a way that's more general okay he was saved by a wolf the wolf the symbol of power of of fear of threat of freedom stuff like that and then the the people that descended from their coupling you know there's very easy allegory to make there and while it's an easy allegory to make, I I'm tempted by uh, my 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 inner core to not be so attracted to the interpretation that I want there to be. I'd love this to be an actual feeling. <laughs> yeah. That said, that said, I do think that the time in which this myth was being spread around. Which I haven't looked into it, but I assume that this is one of this is an oral history. This is something that would have been said around during nomadic steppe tribes, during not much civilization. This was just yeah. a story told when they lived in in the wild on a fairly regular basis, when living with animals was uh, a was the done thing to do, especially for yeah. a steppe tribe. You know, you 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 lived on horseback. Yeah. I I like to imagine that there were countless people back then who heard stories like these, who maybe heard stories like these because, well, this was a strange story, you know, uh, cubs, which I think even were like, yeah, 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 they were half wolf, half human uh, cubs. Go turkey furries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, coming from this coupling, like that, that's a bit weird. But maybe, speculation, maybe it had to be bounded in some fact. And some fact yeah. was that couplings between men and animals, oh, I, I actually said men, uh, humans and animals, yeah. was uh, normal. Or not only normal, but, you know, not unheard yeah. of. 
And also, I, I'm, I'll give you a pass on the saying men thing, because yeah. historically in a lot of cultures, yeah, men yeah, are able yeah. to get away with a lot more. I, 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 was, I, I, was just, I was just reading like a, a, a recounting of it, of course, use men. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and, you know, maybe, you know, sleeping in their tents on, on, on the cold steppe plains wind whistling around them um and the warm body of of their horse next to them i imagine i I like to imagine many young men and women and everything lying there and thinking of that story and wondering hey this this horse this, this this dog that rides with us has been a companion to me over the over these many years and maybe something blossomed. Yeah. But we unfortunately cannot know as, you know, we, mm-hmm. we aren't there. <laughs> That's it. I wonder... I feel like in order to research this, it's going to require quite a bit of work. Yeah. I wonder how many of these records were destroyed because either people wanted them destroyed or people just didn't consider them meaningful to be kept yeah we keep the records of battles because they seem to be meaningful in our cultures yeah um but the fact that uh you know alexandrus from from down the lane in piraeus uh had a very close relationship with a dog and the whole town knew about it you know that might not have been relevant and here's the thing even if it was recorded in the passage somewhere was to say it would be uh accessible today you know yeah like no if we say that like hey hey whatever church took over later on didn't destroy it or as hmm. you know heresy or something like that but even beyond that uh museums around the world have so much that they don't show off not yeah. Like that, that feels like I'm sort of saying it like a conspiracy way, just like they're hiding it from us. No, no, no. Like yeah. <laughs> you already have so much museum space, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's a reason the Smithsonian is known as America's attic. Yeah, um, I mean the, the British Museum over here. Like I, I think I heard a figure. And there's so much. So much of this podcast is like hearsay and supposition. Um, yeah. I think I heard somewhere that the British Museum only has like 10 percent at most of its collection on. Yeah, it's fucking stolen. <laughs> Yeah, and all of it fucking stolen. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I've been there. There, there is a helmet they found in England. Holy and shit! And we, and we're very proud of that helmet. Thank you very much. It's not a new helmet. I um, can't believe they grave robbed some poor English soldier. <laughs> it's not grave robbing if they've been dead for long enough. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, you. Uh, my point being is. What if there is? What if there are Sumerian clay tablets, Babylonian clay tablets that briefly mention it? Yeah. That are tablet three hundred and eighty-six from House seventy-eight B of Site A nine. You know. Yeah. There is a lot of stuff about the ancient world which is just hard to transcribe, hard to translate, hard to investigate. Yeah. Which sometimes. Just be honest, is a little meaningless unless you are 
three chapters deep in your thesis and you really need to know exactly what kind of coinage was minted and why in this one obscure town in central Anatolia. Yeah. So how much of this stuff is out there? But, you know, because this is not a topic of wide renown, of, of wide interest, it just isn't investigated. Yeah. You know? Also, just because you mentioned like ancient Sumeria, have you heard like the ancient Sumerian joke of like something walked into a bar? I, a dog I walked remember. into a bar. Yeah, that that is said. Then wasn't it like I can't smell anything. I'll open a window. Uh, I believe the, the literal translation of the joke is, um, a dog walked into a bar. And said, I can't see anything. I'll open another. Oh, that was it. And this is one of those jokes. This is one of the oldest jokes that we know about. Yeah. It is Sumerian. So it's about 6,000 years old. About 4,000 BC-ish is sort of uh, ancient Sumer. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Can, can you just quickly say it again? You know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do bad oh. audio. I'm gonna Google ancient Sumerian dog joke. Uh, I wanted, I wanted you to say it again so I could, I could use the rim shot sound effect. I didn't do it. Okay, the first okay, time I okay, wait, okay. Well, you know what? You know what? Um, so people uh, at home pretend that this bit isn't in the episode, yeah. and we'll go. Ahem, ahem. Cool. A dog walked into a tavern and said, "I can't see a thing. I'll open this one." There we uh, go. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, as I understand it, th- the fact that this joke is uh, meaningless and nonsensical is m- probably because it is based, as a lot of jokes, on free conceptions that we just don't have anymore. Yeah. As or anyone who has read of... any of Shakespeare yeah. <laughs> is aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we may be able to read their language, but we have no idea what it sounded like. Hmm. Can I can I write a story based on the Sumerian dog joke? <laughs> um, if you do, please send it to me. Uh, on this note, uh, like while we're talking mythology, that you just reminded me, like bringing like highlighting ancient Sumer. Um, what about Enkidu? What? Okay, so. Uh, a lot of you may know about uh, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is probably the earliest um, historical figure, or historical ruler we know of, yeah. for sure. There although are, we, although it, I'm not sure. It no, it's just the Epic of Gilgamesh. We aren't. Is are we sure sure that there's he was an actual person? Or okay, okay. The word probably in what I just said is doing a lot of heavy fucking yeah. lifting. I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. Um, there is quite a bit of evidence. There is some evidence that Gilgamesh was actually a real figure. Um, one of these pieces of evidence, for example, is that. Uh, a lot. We know a lot of the rulers of Sumer. Yeah. We have these on tablets. This is one of the things that was recorded. And a lot of these rulers were said to live for a thousand years. 
and you I'm go, sure. hang on a minute, that's that's you know that's Mephistopheles level. You know, this is this is yeah. Noah living for eight hundred years in the Bible level. We're like, okay, sure, sure, they existed and they lived for a thousand years. Okay, cool. Um, but at some point, if you go further down this uh, list of rulers, you get to ones with normal lifespans, sixty years, forty years of of reign. And those are ones we actually have attested to in other historical documents. And we go, oh, okay, so this is a tablet that was created uh, sort of based in reality and then with a lineage sort of going back into myth, as a lot of rulers of the time, yeah? Yeah. The point at which the lengths of reign seem to shift from myth to reasonable lengths is Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is the first one with a reasonable length of reign. Hmm. Um, now, again, I am no historian. Uh, I do not know this for sure. And I'm sure any historians out there are probably raging, foaming at the mouth um, when, as I say this. But uh, there is some thought that Gilgamesh was a historical figure. Whether he was the actual historical I mean, okay. he obviously wasn't the Gilgamesh of the myth of yeah. the epic, uh, because a lot of weird supernatural bullshit happened in that epic. <laughs> um, but just because he didn't do those things doesn't mean he wasn't a figure which that myth was based off. Yeah, it's kind um, of a it, similar thing of like, like we, we like they found uh, like they found Troy, but that doesn't necessarily mean Odysseus was in Achilles. Yeah, I mean, Achilles yeah. was actually there. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the the Epic of Gilgamesh has a rather fun start. Gilgamesh is not a good king at the beginning of the Epic. He is boyish, he is brash, he's... Uh, kind of wandering around wanting to fight everyone. The city's kind of not doing well because, hey, when you're king, maybe you should get around with ruling. And Gilgamesh is like, nah, I'm the king. That means I can have sex with your wife. Ha <laughs> ha, lads. Um, and the city is kind of upset about this. So no, what they really? is, is they, they plead to the gods, hey, can you do anything about this? You know, Marduk, you wait, no, Marduk's Babylonia. Shit. Anyway, um, hey, gods, please do think about this. And so, uh, one of the gods, I think uh, the, the goddess of life, she crafts a being out of clay. And the being is called Enkidu. And the Enkidu is meant to be a restoring force for Gilgamesh in some manner. Or maybe meant to fight Gilgamesh. Hi, welcome to, welcome to Spades and Brass. Badly remember myths. Um, <laughs> the point being that something went slightly wrong, and Enkidu didn't go anywhere near the city. Enkidu was essentially a beast that roamed the the wilds, roamed the jungles, uh, ran with the deer, etc. And so, you know, okay, so great. We've got a king who won't fucking rule and something meant to deal with the king that won't go near the city. Great. Wonderful. What a, what, what, what a solution. Amazing. And in, in the face of this inanity, the city has the very obvious plan of like, I've got it. 
what we'll do is we'll send a woman, a prostitute, a sex worker, to go out, uh, have sex with Enkidu, and bring uh, bring him back uh, to the city. And that will kind of solve everything. Uh, to which I'm sure the uh, the woman in question probably went, are you fucking joking? Or alternatively went, yeah. <laughs> oh, really that, oh, oh that, that, that's a good idea. I, I like them going, oh, I, I will do it for the um, good of the city. Yes, that is definitely my prime motivation for what I am yeah. doing. Yeah, <laughs> and then just turns around, yes. <laughs> uh, for some reason, uh, her motives will remain clouded in the mists of time. Uh, she went out of the city and she found Enkidu in the woods and she had sex with him for seven nights. And at like the end... Straight or like straight? <laughs> like, is there some time in between? <laughs> I, I'm assuming they had some water breaks. They had to go buy more lube from the local Walmart, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of it, Enkidu could no longer smell the woods. He could no longer, they could no longer run with the animals. The, the deer fled when they saw him. And he had, he could no longer live in, in the jungle. He had to return to the city of Ur to um, become part of civilization. And that's the very start of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Enkidu and, uh, and Gilgamesh go on to have uh, what has been called the biggest bromance in mythological history. Even uh, even bigger than than Achilles and his pal. Uh, I, I'm sure they could give him one for the money. But <laughs> that's another story which makes me think, like, Enkidu was so very of life. From what I understand, he wasn't just, like, a guy who lived in the jungle. He was beast-like. Uh, and so uh, it's... It's it, it it's it that's another story recently captured captured my mind and you know it just it feels interesting to me. Uh, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> feels interesting to me that uh, ancient Sumerians went. How do we solve the problem of a man being too much like an animal? Well, let's have sex with the animal person. Just, <laughs> and everybody else went, yes, this sounds like a normal thing to do. Uh, also, just because I m mentioned Achilles and his lover, I just really quickly want to mention how funny it is that I find it that like a bunch of conservatives, at least over here, are getting really bent out of shape out of, over uh, Netflix's depiction of Alexander the Great. And tell me, uh, what particular part of Netflix is depicting Alexander the Great getting upset over? The fact that they are actually showing showing Alexander having a gay lover. Oh, are they getting upset over the fact that Alexander the Great, super fucking like bisexual queen, Alexander the Great? Yeah. Uh, the, possibly, the... possibly might not have been strictly entirely straight yeah they're quite upset that that netflix is making alexander woke ah <laughs> uh, fair enough okay sure hey 
hey conservatives, just just gonna mention, you don't fucking break down crying for several days on end over a good friend. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, when, he died like a year, like within the year after after the his lover heartbreak. died. I can't remember the I can't remember his name though. Heart, heartbreak, heartbreak, man. Ah. Uh, well. Uh, I think one, one, one final thing to note is like I, you mentioned Troy, for example. Um, I think that's one final myth we can end on because where else are you going to find one of the most well-known stories about lots of guys getting inside a horse? <laughs> uh, Do you like that? Do you like that? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the name of the of the uh, person. Enough. Right. So those are his wives. <laughs> yeah, here it is. I think this is. I think this is the guy, Hephaestion. Hmm. Hephaestion. Yes, Hephaestion. Mm. Yeah, his his companion, cavalry commander, and childhood friend. <laughs> yep, childhood friend. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> all right, I think that's about all the uh, historical myths I can uh, scrape together on my mind right now. All right, all right. Now I think this week is a thing we like. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, a thing we like. Okay. Uh, if yes, not, I, we'll deal with it. <laughs> I forgot that that was um, uh, that was a thing on this podcast. So you go first, I'll go second. All right. I actually do have something prepared for this, unlike every other episode. Um, I I have been playing Portal Two again. Oh, wonderful! Yes, I absolutely fucking adore the game. It is the best puzzle game in history. <laughs> it's so good. And the and the comedy is wonderful. I I love the dry deliveries. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a classic, and if you haven't played it, I you you'll probably just you probably haven't played it for a reason yeah. at this point. You know, um, it's it's ten bucks. Just get it. <laughs> isn't like the original Portal free now? I think it, I think it's like ninety nine cents. If. If you're interested and you haven't played, play Portal. If you like Portal, you'll like Portal Two. Like that's just straight up. That's that. That's yeah, fact Portal right Two is like vastly better than Portal. So. Yeah, it, it's, it's. So even if you only minorly enjoyed Portal, you'll still probably like Portal mm-hmm. Two. Yeah. Uh yeah, absolutely one hundred. And like it, the co-op mode. Oh, I love the co-op mode. <laughs> Do you want to play it sometime? I I've I have never been able to play much of it. Oh, I I remember playing it with my girlfriend back in the day. Um, heck, Oof. Uh, you know what? Maybe. Uh, hit me yeah. up on that one. Do, um, do you ha- do you have it on Steam? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. So for the my thing I like I you mentioned the video game I've got to uh, mention it to Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh. So uh, a bit late on this. I know it came out like seven years ago. I mean, I have. I also haven't played it, so. Um, so, for those who don't know, Horizon Zero Dawn is a post-post-apocalyptic uh, world, um, 
where humanity has sort of reverted to sort of like a iron stone age style of life but this world that was once a stunning metropolis has now been reduced to overgrown and almost gone ruins stalked by mechanical beasts it is a fascinating mix of sort of like a ancient tale combined with sci-fi uh it was a game that i went into without too much expectations i love the vibe of the world just in general yeah um I, I, I the, the the spectacle of it uh, was very good. I, I went in expecting to have a nice time. I came out having experienced a very beautiful story. It's not like a Fallout or a Skyrim game where you craft the story yourself. You're definitely kind of yeah. following the story of of your character and and the world around you. It's like a set story, but it's a very very well done one in 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 my eyes. And it has has a lot of heart, has a lot of depth and emotion to it. Um, it's one of those where like you can. You find little notepads which have like a thousand words of uh, someone's diary or something, and and you'll read it all, and you'll sort of like, you'll feel the uh, the passion that the writers had for for the world they were creating. Um, particularly, I, I, I like to point it out because uh, uh, some of those uh, some of those robots, man. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah, 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 you can, you can, you can mount a few of them and just sort of like ride along with them. Oh, and and the, 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 the sway of those hips. <laughs> oh, I had to, I had to stop playing a couple of times. I'll tell you, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a, it's a very sexy game. So, you know, as, as a robot myself, I, sh- I need to, I need to look at this. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually consider that. Yeah, you, you especially, I think you especially would adore Horizon Zero. <laughs> if, if, if you're into like kind of open world games. Um, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend it. So there you go. Yeah. That's, that, that's my, my Zooey game of the week, Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> there is nothing Zooey about Portal 2 except GLaDOS gets kidnapped by a bird at one point. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense if you don't know the game, but it will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is that everything then? I think so. Oh, wait, I need to plug socials and shit. Go for it. Plug socials. <clears throat> All right. My Twitter is at the Brass Bulldog. Akitas is at Akita the Zoo. Our, com- our channel, or well, the podcast account is at Zoo and Me. The email is Zoo and Me at Proton.me. Our blue, my blue sky is brass.zuen.me. Akito's is akito.zuen.me. Yeah, it's and uh, yeah, of course, the website zuen.me. <laughs> wonderful. Our Tumblr is the same as the Twitter's. I still don't fucking use mine. <laughs> Spade, I know this. I know this is a name you don't really go on, go, you don't really use in online spaces. So. So I don't know if you have anything you want to plug, but you know. um, I want to plug this podcast I go on sometimes it's called Zoo and Me. You'll just listen to it. If you like this one, you'll like that one. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> listen to the same fucking podcast. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. After you're done with this episode, listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that is it for this episode. I hope you have, wherever you are, a wonderful evening and kiss the next dog you find. Or night or whatever fucking time of day you're listening to it in. uh, Next dog you see, kiss them right on the forehead between the ears and tell them they're a good dog. Yes.
but also do, do be wary if their human is not you and, and is nearby. They might take offense to this. Asterix, uh, asterisk supply. Asterisk supply. Yeah. Thank you and goodbye. Ta-da! Every week.